We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, you guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Loud Mouth. On this episode, I have a very special guest, Michaela Scott, with me of Blue False Indigo. Um, We went to college together. We were in the same sorority, and I remember on our bid day, she actually gave us all a little CD of her uh, of the EP that they put out. I'm pretty sure it had it was more light, but I can't find it, so I can't confirm that. But She's always been such an inspiration to me, and it's always so cool, so chill. She does hula hoop videos, and she's in a band, so what more could you want, really? Um, she also has her own music. Um, it's called Honeybee on SoundCloud, so I will put everything about her in the show notes, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode of us talking about living life through the pandemic and how it's affected Blue Falls Indigo how she got into Blue Falls Indigo, and all that stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed her as much as I did. Okay. All right, so introduce yourself. Um... Tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you did, your hobbies, all that kind of thing. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, my name is Michaela Scott, and I am a musician. I am really a a freelance, like, teaching artist right now. Um, So since I I graduated from Dury University in 2017, (laughs) I have done a, a... small handful of different things, but all focused around arts and um, education. So I've um, dabbled in like early childhood um, music education. I've done, I've worked for a nonprofit called Bright Lights Institute, which is like a children's theater. I've substitute taught in my hometown, like in my hometown district, which was like, I feel like you could make a lifetime movie about something (laughs) like that. Um, And, but primarily in what my, um, like the goal I'm working towards is um, to just be primarily a musician, primarily a performer, a songwriter, um, and make that bread off of that, um, which I really started to gain some momentum at the end of 2019 and um, into 2020. But of course, like, there are a lot of factors playing into, um, you know, the world as it is right now (laughs) that prevent me from continuing that same trajectory. So I'm trying not to be too hard on myself and just be patient. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, 
I'm a woman of many (laughs) ventures. Many hats. Yes. 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 I remember seeing you um, post about um, whenever you were working for the kids. I don't like you had like songwriting workshops with them and stuff. How was that? So what did you what job was that? And what did you do for that? So that was actually how I got my start with Bright Lights Institute. And I've been um, with them since 2017, basically since I uh, actually since before I moved to Kansas City, I was invited um, by my best friend and bandmate, AJ Valle, who is the creative director for Bright Lights Institute. Yeah, she's she is so good. So good at what she does. Um, but she invited me to come up for a week um, in July, I want to say, 2017, to teach a songwriting workshop to students ages 5 <laughs> to 15. But I want to say that we actually, our oldest was maybe around 12 or 13 okay. at the time. That is such a big age group (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was a big age group and um it was I never done anything like that before at that point I had only been writing songs myself for about five years and I had never really had to think about the process um because it was really just something that I did for fun um so I I really feel like that first year was um a huge learning experience for me kind of figuring out using these students um, or working with these students, like what works and what doesn't and um, how to best facilitate something like that in a way that like such a broad age range of students can understand and like actually like be productive with. So um, it was like the first year, like, I was hooked and I just like, I loved the company. I loved the staff and um, all of the students. And so I just, um, you know, patiently, I put, I put the word out there that I would be interested in joining the team. Like once I moved officially to Kansas city and I just was patient and waited for the right time. And then lo and behold, (laughs) um, I was asked to come back the following summer and teach the songwriting camp again it was like five days long um and this time it was a little bit easier because I knew a little bit more about what to expect and um I really feel like at that time I kind of realized um the curriculum the curriculum was more realized I guess I would say yeah and so it was it it was all just like really um I don't know it's beautiful to like plant seeds in children's brains and just like see what happens like whenever you kind of help cultivate that um it is one of my favorite things I've ever done and I've been lucky enough to do it um for three years now I would have done it this past summer um but of course you know you know (laughs) oh the lovely pandemic our favorite thing (laughs) yeah yeah um but like some of the students that I met that first summer in 2017 are still students of mine today. They take every single camp. And so I have to challenge myself to find things to continue to challenge them um, and help them while still, you know, um, helping the other people. (laughs) Yes. Considering, considering the others who it might be their first summer. So it's been like a really exciting challenge and it's really helped me to like focus in and understand like, 
my process and then, you know, transform that into something that is a little bit more universal. Um, yeah, yeah but very fulfilling, very yeah. fun. I love Bright Lights. I do. I've done like um, some musical directing and choreography for like some of their bigger productions as well. Um, probably one of the things I miss the most right now, because we haven't been in session since March. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we are putting together right now, like a virtual showcase and fundraiser, so to speak. Um, so we've had like, um, whoever was interested, submit videos of them performing, and we're going to compile them all and premiere it live, um, and try to make a little bit of money so yes. that maybe just maybe we can start to make our way back to in person um in one way or another and luckily like um i so i forgot to mention this but i teach like private music lessons as well so i teach like voice and guitar and piano and things like that and i have a lot of like a lot of my clients are students that i met through bright lights so um i have been able to like work with them on like the pieces that they've submitted and like polish them and also like pretty much not require them to do it but like I'm like but you really should yeah. do it <laughs> um I won't be mad if you don't but you really really should that's um, so cute that must yeah. be like so fulfilling to watch them just like grow and stuff and things that you love to do as well so you can yeah. like put your passion onto them and then see them get passionate about it oh. yes it really it really really is like I there was a time um right before I moved back to Springfield temporarily last summer where I was starting to feel just a little bit um I mean my plate was really full and I was starting to feel a little bit of burnout when it came to teaching lessons because I had I was teaching close to probably 30 a week, um, which is, it's like too much of a good thing yeah. a little bit. So when I was not sure whenever I moved to Springfield that I would even continue, mm -hmm. but like a month into taking a break, I was just like, no, I am really actually missing this so much. And when I came back to Kansas city, I decided to um, just kind of structure my own studio and like seek out my own clients and um, run the business myself. Um, mm. And that has been really helpful because I am seeking out students who, and they're and students who know me are seeking me out. So um, most of the time, you know, there's good chemistry yeah. there. Um, there's like a real will to want to learn, um, which is important. And <laughs> And most of all, um, I am, I only have, I have about half of that amount of students that I teach consistently. So it's like just enough yeah. to, to feel really, really good and feel like I can have a good professional and personal like relationship with like each of the students. Like yeah. I, I know them well and I know what they need. And yeah, I can, like, and not like overextending that. yourself into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's, that has really been like a huge quarantine project for me because, um, with no bright lights and no opportunities to really perform or anything, like I had to figure out, you know, how yeah, to, but... how to supplement my income. And, um, I feel very, very lucky to have like the networks I do up here. Um, 
and I was really able to connect with a lot of people and build my studio to a place where it feels like really, it feels structurally secure and I feel more financially secure. So it's like, I'm like low key an entrepreneur. Um, No, that's literally, I mean, you started your own little business like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I, um, I like never considered it to be that because for so long it was just, you know, I had a few extra students in addition to all the other things I, I did, but now it's, it is like the only thing I'm doing. Like you were saying earlier about like thinking about like your songwriting process and that kind of stuff, like teaching voice lessons and that kind of thing. When did writing songs and things like that since the beginning of college, is that kind of when you started getting into that? Yeah. Yeah. Like late, late high school, um, into freshman year of college was when I started like writing my own songs. Um, and it just like very quickly, like tumbleweeded or snowballed, I guess. I'm like, I went so, so like wild, wild west just then. (laughs) (laughs) Tumbleweeded. Um, it just snowballed and I was, and I like was writing constantly like through the first couple of years because I was just like whoa this is something I can do it's (laughs) exciting (laughs) so whenever so how did Blue Falls Indigo start how did you I mean you started writing songs just for yourself I presume and then so how did you kind of realize like oh I want to perform these how do I kind of get there um well I like uh, I kind of got into like the local music scene in Springfield, like my junior and senior year of high school. So I was going to a lot of shows um, and like meeting a lot of people. And like, I really, really put some bands in Springfield, like on a pedestal. And mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, this is really something that I could see myself doing. And I like appreciate what I'm seeing so much like it was just so inspiring to see people from like the place where I'm from doing the thing that I wanted to do because there weren't very many people specifically in Stratford um which is like the smaller yeah little Springfield suburb (laughs) I guess that I grew up in um so I I was meeting lots of people um seeing lots of shows and I started to feel like I really wanted to be a part of a band, Um, wanted to be part of something that was just a little bit bigger than me with my guitar on a stage. Um, And Drury was like the spot. I was, whenever, whenever I got there, I met so many like great musicians right off the bat being part of the music department and also like made a lot of musician friends, which was not really something that I had many of before. And um, when I met AJ, I had met AJ actually like a couple years before Drury Mm -hmm. um, at like Springfield Little Theater. Okay. Um, But when I met AJ, I was like, she's the one. She's the one. Um, And very quickly, like my gears started turning and um, I reached out to her and asked, you know, if she would just want to like jam a little bit. None, neither of us really knew even what that meant mm-hmm. necessarily because um, we hadn't really done it before, but we started to sing, we started to sing together a little bit. And another friend of mine, Katie Doherty now, Jones, yes. <laughs> um, she, she and I also were singing together a little bit. So originally like the core trio was um, me and AJ and Katie. 
and Kara was a good friend like first day of school friends <laughs> like we were really friends from the very beginning and she lived a floor down and I remember this one night like I was staring out the window um at in Wallace Hall on the third Wallace. floor yes and um the snow was falling and I was like whoa I'm getting some feels like I think that we need a cello in Blue Falls Indigo. And who do I know who plays the cello? Carola Page. So I text her and I'm like, come quick. She comes <laughs> running up the stairs, like thinking something is wrong. And I'm like, I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> like, can you, would you be interested in like playing cello with BFI? At this point, we had only played one show like prior to this conversation with Kara. So, um, and after the conversation, she was in it. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like we we the core trio of AJ and Katie and I had a little performance um mm-hmm. at Randy Bacon's photography studio um in Springfield mm-hmm. and it was put on by a great promoter in town, Seth Keen. I had reached out to him and said like something along the lines of, Hey, I started a band. <laughs> um would you would you want to have us on this bill it was a halloween themed cover show i was like easy we don't even have to write songs we just have to learn some covers he was like okay sure like (laughs) what's your band's name and i was like oh my god (laughs) i don't know like are we even a band i don't know um put our brains with a couple other brains and came up with blue false indigo and played the show and then fast forward to maybe a couple weeks later that's whenever I had that conversation with Kara. Um, so then we all, I had written like three songs that felt like they could be, you know, BFI's first original songs. And we got another gig at the same venue um, and premiered those three songs. They were called The Journey, Flower Song, and Death Song at the time. <laughs> On that night, as me, AJ, Katie, Kara, and then Addison, Katie's husband, um, was like playing, I want to say he played the cajon for us. Yeah. um, This, uh, this great musician in Springfield, Joe Misterovich um, was on guitar. So we started as like a big old band. Big old band. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And through the years, like, um, well, through the years, you know, Katie and Addison um, went another creative direction with another band. And so Kara stepped up to become a, the third vocalist. Um, and it's been that way for probably five years at this point. Um, That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we've been a band for seven years. It doesn't feel that way at all. It feels in some ways like it was just yesterday that we like we're feeling that feeling of just being so new and so vulnerable and really insecure. And (laughs) like, I don't know, it's, it's been a journey. That's for sure. Yeah. It's so cool to think about just being able to kind of mesh your passions with other people. And then it just kind of like falling all into place. Yeah. It is a magical, magical feeling. We are best friends and um, a huge, thing that we have had to like work through as friends and as business partners essentially Mm -hmm. is like how to balance 
both and like how to make sure um, that we are keeping things professional when they need to be professional and making things personal when they need to be personal. Yeah. Walking that line has been like a real learning process, but I feel like we're there and we communicate better than we ever have. And that I think is another product of quarantine, truly. Yeah, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask, do you think that the pandemic kind of forced you guys, like not forced, but you know, kind of made you guys like have to realize those boundaries and things like that? Definitely, I I feel like for a long time, I feel like we were always aware of the boundaries, but we weren't actually considering them Mm -hmm. as much as we could and should. And I feel like as people, we have all grown a lot in this past year. Um, You know, we've had to, I feel like everybody in some ways has felt like they had to grow up. Yeah. um, Whatever that means, (laughs) you know, and, and that has really, really helped us like just understanding like boundaries in general. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So like kind of going back a little bit, but how do you think like managing this band in school, like how was doing both those things did, I mean, I'm sure there were challenges to come across. (laughs) Truthfully, I feel like none of us had the time or really the desire to like take BFI to that level when we were in school. Mm -hmm. Like we, well, AJ was actually, she moved to Lee Summit um, at the, I want to say in middle of 2014. Okay. And so through almost our entire college career, we were living in two different cities. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it, and that I think, you know, played a huge, played a huge factor into it is we didn't really have time to practice like recreationally or even really hang out recreationally. Like we saw each other when we had a show. Yeah. So we would like get together, uh, say we had to load in at like 8 PM. We would get together at like noon and we would catch up because we were friends and we all had things we needed to talk about. And then we would probably write a song. (laughs) I would like have something that I'd been working on and I'd be like, let's write it. And then we would perform it that night. <laughs> yeah, because we just didn't have time. We didn't have time to um, practice the way we knew we probably should. Yeah. And it all just had to be scrunched into like one 12 hour experience, um, which was really stressful. And we didn't even realize like, you know, being in a band doesn't have to be that stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was just the only, the only thing we knew. And so we were playing shows where we were just like, so exhausted and on edge and it we were like is this the way it's always going to feel like but in other ways we were like this is exhilarating (laughs) like it's exhilarating to you know have the opportunity to perform your own music and have your friends come out and support you and um I don't have any regrets (laughs) um but I will say like we didn't even really start treating it as like a an actual business professional endeavor until Kara and I moved to Kansas City in 2017. Yeah so I was gonna ask like when you graduated was staying together like always sort of the plan like we're gonna focus on this now like since we're out of college and everything? Yes yes and no like um Kara is a music therapist and she um 
every music therapist after four years has to do a semester long internship. So she was like looking into internships in Kansas City. And I was really feeling quite directionless, um, (laughs) like leading up to graduation and everything. And like we had planted that idea of like, maybe we'll move to Kansas City. But I was just feeling so like, I just couldn't make any type of decision or anything. Um, And I would say that Kara like really motivated me to like get it together and just like go for it. Because there really wasn't any reason, you know, for me to or not to. I was just feeling very overwhelmed by that new, that newfound sense of freedom and, you know, separating from school for the first time in my whole life, life, really, (laughs) really whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so like, Yes, that was the plan, but I can't say that I felt like super duper um, sure about it necessarily. Mm -hmm. I feel like that first month or two, like I was bringing songs to the table all the time. We were practicing all the time, like just so happy to be able to experience each other's company on more than like a once every once or twice a month basis and like to be able to create together as much or as little as we wanted to. When did you first decide to like record your songs and how was that feeling and like, you know, putting it out there for everyone? Like, how did you handle it? Just basically. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We had been just like playing, you know, these random shows, commuting all the time and people were asking for music, asking for recordings. And so we were like, okay, uh, (laughs) I don't know like where to even start with that. And so we recorded a couple projects that we released exclusively on SoundCloud, like (laughs) in in the Drury days. Um, But before, right before we moved up to Kansas City, like AJ had met Matt Richards, who um, of Avenue Record Company, who recorded More Light, and they just like really hit it off and she told him all about us and he was like really interested in meeting us and um you know trying to work something out and maybe working together on a big project so we met him um within the first month of us being there because i think because of that fire because of that like oh my gosh yes, we're all together like we can do whatever we want we can record an album <laughs> like um And we met with him and just right away, like really clicked. And um, we got started in September, moving in August, got started recording the album in September. I'm honestly thinking like, if we would have waited any longer, you know, it might not have worked out the way it did. We had to start paying a lot of money, like investing in our art, which is something that we had done like a little bit here and there, but that was a huge investment that we all like um, had to work for, had to put forth like our own money, um, had to play a lot and sell a lot of merch uh, to get it paid off. And um, it was just, it was the right time. We released it on September 7th, 2018, almost a year after getting it started. And truthfully, that was like, probably one of my biggest I feel like one of my biggest like accomplishments as a human being oh yeah 100 (laughs) percent I never I never realized how much work it is um and 
how much time it would take and how many emotions we would go through. Um, and we were all working pretty much full time on top of doing all of this. Mm -hmm. So it was like when we, when we saw that light at the end of the tunnel, like when we first started getting those like first handful of tracks and singles back, like it's a really gratifying feeling. Yeah, I can only imagine because it's like it's been in your head for so long and like you guys have known it's existed and like it's been there but putting that out into like the world to be like yeah. hey here's like our work that we've had for you know over five years now like listen yes. to it. <laughs> Some of the songs that we recorded at that point had been like we'd been playing them for two or three years so to see them like transformed through that time and through the recording process too was really cool because it was like a, a you could really see the development between mm -hmm. the time the song was written and the time the song was like put out into the world too um so it felt like very representative in in a lot of ways <laughs> yes and it, and, it, and it goes it goes into like you know yes we recorded the songs but then we had to you know, collaborate with artists on cover art. Like we had to deal with all of the distribute, like distribution process. And um, there was just, there's a lot more that even goes into it than recording. We had to book our own shows, um, like our own release shows. We had to get a, we got a band together. There were, there was a lot of other responsibilities that tied into it. And so like when we pulled it off, it was, it was a magical cute. feeling because then you guys booked your own tour right like you did your own tour and everything yeah. and like I can't even imagine doing that all on your own especially yeah working jobs and in between yeah yeah I I, I will say like one more thing about more light um that I just like I just realized this like as we're having this conversation <laughs> all of the other opportunities that we had to record leading up to more light like they just felt so fragile and like I we would drive around Kara and I would drive around and we would just invite like a friend or two to get in the car with us and we would show them what we had been recording and we felt like such a need for validation and approval and just to hear like feedback in one way or the other. And it just, it was a very, very vulnerable experience. And don't get me wrong, more light was vulnerable, but I don't remember feeling any of that need. I was like, I know it. I know that this is good. And I know that it is, it deserves to be heard and loved. And that I think really speaks to the growing, the growing that we went through just like with that entire process. Yeah. I remember when you guys played for POL. I don't remember what yes. year it was, but I remember I was like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. I just like had never, cause I feel like that was my freshman year, I would say yeah. probably. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is so cool. Like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> she's a real person and I know her and she's up on stage singing songs that she wrote. Like, it's just such a, and I can't even imagine how it feels on your end to be like, yeah, I wrote this. Like people listen to it. That's so cool. Like, so what do you think is something like, okay, so pandemic hit, not fun. Hate it for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think was like the biggest 
barrier that you guys have had to go through like during the pandemic? Well, you know, something that we've learned about being a business is you have to make money to spend money. And um, with the lack of performance opportunities, um, we have been, we haven't been making any money. And so it's hard to move forward when you can't invest in new projects. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have really had to like be strategic with the money we do have and with any opportunities that we have had to like make any sort of income. Cause for a long time, like BFI has been like self-sustaining. Like we've been able to pay for everything that we need to pay for with money from the band's bank account, yes. which has been great. Um, but now that we haven't had the opportunity to make money, like we for a long time just didn't know what to do. Cause you know, we were like, well, we could make money through selling merch but we can't buy merch because we don't have any money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we really had to work through just like kind of figuring out how to continue to exist. Um, I don't think that any of us at this point feel um, necessarily obligated to meet sort of any objectives necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like we're not trying to get, this and this done by the end of this year, but, um, so kind of pushing through maybe lowering our expectations has been a barrier as well. I hate to say it that way, but, um, we did have another tour lined up for May and like lots of things to look forward to. And so like relinquishing those expectations was something that we definitely had to work through as well. What do you think is like the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome on like the business end of everything? And like, what have you realized when doing the business end that you've been like, oh, I never would have thought about this, you know, when we first started this band or. Yeah, honestly, stand our ground a little bit. Um, Unfortunately, being women in this industry comes with um, a lot of male intimidation whether that be intentional or not. And there have been plenty of times where um, people in certain venues have made us feel stupid, have made us feel unwelcome. Um, And we have had to work through like just blocking that out and knowing, you know, there's a reason we're hired. There's a reason we're getting paid and we've been doing this for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> so we know what we're doing um, and pushing back, pushing back and being assertive with what we need to has been um, a huge obstacle. We're all so nice. And even now, like we were in the studio uh, last week with Matt Richards again, spo- spoiler. Um, <laughs> and he was like, please don't ever apologize for telling me what you need. Like literally just like, don't apologize. This is what I am here to do is like, I'm here to give you all what you want. Don't worry about it. Yeah, And like, we were all like, I know you're like, right. I know you're right. But first of all, we're women. And second of all, we're from the Midwest. So <laughs> we were like born and bred to apologize. And we are unlearning that because that is not cool. Not cool at all. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So I was going to kind of ask too, like about, have you ever 
felt like, you know, imposter syndrome, like I'm not, you know, good enough to be here, whatever. And how do you like get over that? Because obviously like, yeah, you're good enough to be in those places. You're good enough to play in those spaces and occupy that area. So yeah, I have to kind of like get over that feeling. Whew. I I feel like we are all, you know, still working on it. Um, The more opportunities we receive, the easier it gets, I think. Um, It's, it's been, I feel like we've, we've been lucky enough to have a really good balance of people seeking us out and us seeking people out. And it's always really, really gratifying whenever we get asked to join in on a bill, um, you know, at at a venue that we've seen shows at before, (laughs) um, with artists that we really respect and admire. And whenever we are sought out, it makes it feel like that feeling is mutual. Yeah. Um, it's not so much like a idolization <laughs> thing. It's like a mutual respect. And um, definitely on the imposter syndrome front, like I would be lying if I said that I don't still struggle and I probably will. Like it, I, I'll say indefinitely just cause who knows? Who yeah. knows what the future holds? Um, but yeah, definitely just continuing to be like mindful of it and continuing to like affirm ourselves um, and receive that affirmation from people who we definitely really admire. And I feel I feel really supported by um, my family and by my friends and those are really the only people that I feel that I need approval from. So, yeah. so it doesn't really, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I'm like, shut up. You yeah. don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So what is one of like the most challenging things that you've like come across in starting it? What's something that you like would have known at the beginning of this whole journey? Like what's something you wish you could kind of go back and tell yourself? maybe not challenging, but just like advice or whatever. Sure. A few things. Interpret Um, it however you want. (laughs) Yes. Um, I would say take care of your guitar. I would tell myself that because I seriously, like, I feel like it was maybe just me turning from teenager to adult where like the teenager in me was like, we don't have respect for our property. We just throw it around. Like it's no big deal. Um, so I would say take care of your instruments um, <laughs> because you will feel the consequences of not. <laughs> um, and I would definitely um, tell myself to be more open-minded and more willing to um, relinquish control in certain aspects Um especially on like the creative front and um I would tell myself not to be afraid to like go there whatever that means like don't be afraid to dig a little deeper with your songwriting don't be afraid of what you put out into the world because like it you never know who and like who it's going to touch and what it's going to be that touches them, you know? And if it means something to you, then that is probably a good sign that it's going to be accessible to other people. So um, just trusting, just to be a little bit more trusting of myself and um, of what I'm 
putting out into the world um, on the creative front because for a long time I felt very very insecure um, every time that I would share a song with even Kara and AJ I would just I would struggle to get the words out because I would be so nervous of how it was going to be received um, those are all things that I just wish that I would have known a little bit sooner um, for my own comfortability. Like, you know, we made it out on the other side and we're fine. Yes. But, um, yeah, a few things I can think of that maybe I would have tried to adopt a couple of years before I did. Yeah, but you're there now. So yes. it's all that matters. Yeah, definitely. I heard um, one a band that we really love, um, Blue Falls Indigo really loves, is a band called Joseph. And they're remember you t- okay, yeah. Sorry, yes, yes I've, I've heard you talk about them. Yes, we love Joseph, mm-hmm. and um, they are three sisters, they, they're um, you know, three vocalists, similar concept, but di- vastly different. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but they are very, very wise, and I remember reading something about um, their struggle through like that that just working through the idea of like you know everything that we've just talked about and um something that they said that really stuck with me was um they started treating their performance opportunities as um as if they were nurses and the audience was patients and they or were patients sorry yes and they went into every performance opportunity just thinking about what they could give to their patients to make them feel better, to make them feel what they needed to feel. And I just think that is like such a beautiful way to look at it. It's like you are giving, your music it can be medicine to people yeah. who are hurting, to people who are feeling uncertain, to people who are feeling like all kinds of things, even people who are feeling energized and ready to play and ready to have fun like it can be any it can it can serve people in so many ways um and that is just a really motivating feeling that is such a cool way to think of that because I mean just like you know music therapy like music is therapy like right it helps people and so to go into it like thinking okay how am I gonna help someone today in this set or in this song or whatever it is that is very poetic too I know I thought that was so sweet and and so true and whenever you approach it like that whenever you're performing with the intention of really connecting with people and really helping them in whatever way you can in that moment it makes it so much more emotional um it's it's more than just like standing on a stage and singing your songs, like it's, which, you know, whenever we were touring, we got that first taste of how um, mundane it can start feeling. Mm -hmm. Like um, after a while, when you're doing the same set lists every night for several nights in a row. But when you think about the people you're performing for and what they might need and how you can like touch their lives, it makes it so special and and really rewarding. Yeah. Cause the people change every time and they're yeah. going to get something different out of that show than the people of the last time. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add today? Is there anything you want to say while you're on here? 
last words um aside from aside from you know music and aside from jobs and all of that stuff i would say you know just some great wisdom that i received over this weekend that i would share about navigating this time in mm -hmm. the world and in our lives um is to allow yourself to feel your feelings and put your put your needs before others sometimes when yeah. you need to because you've gotta I, I have been saying this for weeks it's so cheesy but you gotta put your own oxygen mask on before you can help other people and um in times like this, it can, it can be hard, I think, to prioritize your own well-being when you see so much devastation all around you all the time. Um, and so just try to preserve your energy because the more you can be there for yourself and set yourself up for wellness, the more you'll be able to um, help and impact the lives of others. And not shaming yourself for, for whatever, whatever that may look like. I told myself that one of my um, 2021 New Year's resolutions was going to be to not shame myself for waking up every single morning, needing an iced coffee, and then going <laughs> to get one. Because <laughs> um, that, if that is what I need to cope, then, then it's fine. And it's my life. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes, I do that. I same with iced coffee, but before work, every time I like going to work, I'm like, you know what? I actually deserve to get an iced coffee today because I'm going into work. And I was like, I really need to stop saying that because I'm just wasting money. But then I'm like, if that's what's going to make me get through the shift and make my money while I'm serving that little iced coffee, my little $3 iced coffee, like, yes. well, that's what it's going to be. And invest in your well-being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so where can everyone find you and find Blue Falls Indigo? Plug yourself, say everything. Okay. Um, so Blue False Indigo, you can find all of our current releases on any streaming platform you'd prefer. Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, any of that good stuff. Um, be on the lookout because we'll be releasing some new music. Exciting. Um, in January. So Ooh, very, very soon. So Stick soon. Around. Yes. Um, and as far as like my music goes, I have a solo project that I totally forgot to mention <laughs> this whole entire thing. Um, but I perform under uh, the name Honeybee and you can find all of my Loki jams on SoundCloud. I also have an Instagram um, called Mac the Bee. So um, check that out. Blue False Indigo is on um, all social medias as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, perfect. we're all over the place. All over the place. I'm going to put everything in like the little episode notes so people. Thank you so much. This has seriously been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for saying yes and talking to me. It's been so great. I'm super excited to me too. upload this and hopefully the recording worked. <laughs> yes. Here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. Well, fingers crossed. It's fine. Well, thank you so much. I hope you, hope you have a good rest of your day. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.